Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 17 of Three Point Podcast. Our sponsors again tonight include Rivals Tap House and Grill, The Corona Connection, and our podcast recording home, Z92.5 The Castle. I'm Ted Fatel of Sportsnet Michigan and Z92.5. On the phone with us is Matt Burns of ESPN, and I'm joined again in the studio by Jared Fatel of WJSZ. We'll also be checking in tonight with our oldest athletic supporter, Cut No Slack, Jack Strap. But Matt, it was great to have you in the studio last week. I know the weather didn't cooperate with a lot of things, especially your intentions to go watch the Tigers play. What do you think about this crazy winter? Yeah, I mean, I I was thinking about going to watch the Tigers because the Yankees were in town, and then the Michigan spring football game was supposed to be that Saturday. So that was that was a possibility too to go to that and then right. maybe catch the Tigers. But but uh, I guess Mother Nature had other ideas. But it was crazy to to leave Charlotte, North Carolina. It was it was low 80s. I think it was like 81, 82. And as we were getting farther north towards Michigan, that temperature just kept dropping. So so it was crazy. It gave me a reminder of uh, how Michigan winters they just don't like to give up. No, I think hopefully. It's, spring is here now, and, and maybe we can get a little bit deeper into baseball. But, you know, I think this was a record spring so far with the amount of cancellations, and there's been a lot of talk about ways, uh, you know, to change the schedule and whatnot. I know a lot of – we've had talk here on the podcast of changing baseball, some of them pretty extreme. But uh, I have the solution, fellas, on the best way to approach Major League Baseball. And let me tee it up for yeah, you. buckle up. Get ready for this one because I'm ready. You know how the how Major League now they they're set up in divisions and they they play a 162 game schedule. You got 15 American League teams, 15 National, and they play a certain amount of interleague games as well. Well, it has it hasn't been that long since they've had the interleague matchups during the regular season. So my viewpoint is eliminate that number one. You know, let's have a true World Series between the American League and National League. I got an alternate plan, too, so bear with me. Now, back – go ahead, Jared. What – it's not – why is it not a true American League, National League? Well, you got – you don't play – you don't play a true round-robin schedule right now. Oh, like okay. the Tigers okay, might okay. play the Pirates, you know, but they won't play the Cubs. So you know? just like, you know, like the Big Ten basketball schedule where Michigan only played Michigan State. Exactly. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm looking for true champions. And, you know, back to my schedule, you, we have 15 in each league. Okay, they play 162 games. Now, in 1961, Major League Baseball went from 154 games to 161. They had a little expansion went on, and they and they expanded that way. You know, and it wasn't that long ago when they went to the interleague play. My plan finds a complete round robin t- uh, schedule in both leagues. You get rid of the divisions. Okay. Okay. You have 14 teams, right? So all, all 14 teams play 11 games against every team in the league. That's, oh 100, that's 154 games. But you can look at that schedule and say, you know what? I want to see uh, the Phenom from Japan and the Angels play Otani. against the Tigers. Yeah, exactly. You can, you can take a little bit more in-depth look at the schedule and see some of these teams in your league. The only drawback is the interleague part, right? You could, you could condense it down instead of, playing four, or instead of playing 11 games, you could play – nine games against the other teams and then bring in the remainder for the National League. But then again, it doesn't become a true schedule. So what you're saying here, you're saying that the American League would never play the National League? Yeah. I, I'm not just saying this to bust your balls. That might be the worst idea I've heard. <laughs> you know why? Because you're young. It, you you're saying so. You, I don't even know who are the who's in the American League. Who's the best like player in the American? Who are the best? Who's the best team in the American League? Uh, best team right now is the Red Sox. That's what so I was going to say. They've got the best record, okay. and I don't know if you want to say the best player. It might be Mike Trout. Okay, and who who's like the best National League team? Is it? Oh, Dodgers are up there. Are Cubs. the Yankees National League? 
Oh, my goodness, Jared. I have no idea. How can you bust my balls and not even know what teams are in what league? How is that possible? Okay, so you're saying the Dodgers. So you would never get to see the Red Sox play the Dodgers unless they met in the World Series? That's how it was for 100 years. I think I I can see where you're going with this, Ted, because sometimes it is kind of strange that, like you said, with the interleague play, like they're trying to force these rivalries, like they're trying to force the Pirates and Tigers to become rivals when they aren't really. So why don't they try and play some more of the National League teams if that's what they're going for? But just completely eliminating the uh, interleague play, I'm <laughs> you know not it's sure crazy. I'm on board with yeah. that because uh, I do know there are times pr- that I would like to see the Dodgers come to Detroit or yeah. I would like to see the Pirates come to Detroit and stuff like that. So I can't say I'm completely on board with that. Well, and I will say I'm open to a compromise, okay? <laughs> I am open to a compromise on that one issue, okay? The other, the other thing I really wanted to bring to the table, fellas, on baseball is let's look at the other sports. Where do you really get the excitement? It's the playoffs, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Okay, baseball's got to even expand more on the playoffs. I think I think it'd be a great idea to add more teams if you have just one league. Okay, you don't have divisions anymore, but you add wild card games, and at the end of the season, you maybe expand the wild cards to either add two more teams or four more teams. They play a one game playoff to get into the divisional series like they've got now. You got basically you know, four or five game sevens that you get to watch before the real playoffs begin. Now, how exciting would that be in baseball? I love how the MLB has a wild card. That is one thing that baseball is doing right. Right. I like the wild card because it does keep a couple more teams alive because sometimes, you know, if by August or September, if you're kind of out of the, the divisional race to win the title, um, you know, you kind of check out. But if you can still get into that wild card game, you know, it keeps you keeps you engaged. But the only thing I don't like about the wild card is sometimes there's a situation where the, there's two teams that get into it, and one of them might be, you know, a good five, seven games ahead of that second team. And then that the team that is below the other one comes up with, you know, plays that one-game playoff, plays really well, gets into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the team's getting eliminated who actually had a better, better regular season, but the team that just had that one good game in the playoff, um, they're they're getting into the actual playoffs. So so sometimes I don't know. I I can see that as a good thing and a bad thing. But but I I mean if you yeah add three or four more teams that can play in the wild card that that keeps keeps a little more interest for the regular season. Yeah, it keeps interest and it also it kicks off your playoff season with intensity, man. It's like like I said, game seven, one and done. Look what it's done to uh, March Madness in the one and done concept. But at what point does it become like cheesy almost? Well, you yeah, you 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 can't overdo it, but again, I'm I'm looking to try and get the overall best teams at the very end of the season participating. Maybe my wild card thing, maybe you only exp- expand it by two teams, but or two I, games, you know. I agree with the wild. I like that take. Now, no, I just no no no. I think it's funny how you hurt you felt how the room was shifting. On your original idea, let me just say, if you could see his chart right now, he's got his paper written down. It looks like the board from Goodwill Hunting right now with that idea he had. <laughs> with that idea he had. Hey, I haven't backed play. off it, though, Jared. I haven't backed you, off. You switched off of it I quick. switched. I, I set it up right at the beginning. I said I, there is a compromise by involving interleague play. Do you, do you don't remember that? We'll have to check yeah. the tape. I did say that. <laughs> I just, okay. You were talking before the show about how you might call into – you were thinking about calling into uh, Chris Russo. Chris Russo. I was going to call he Chris Russo's show. You would have been laughed off the air. Good thing that, that never panned out. Well, the no interleague thing might have laughed me off. You're <laughs> right about that. Uh, the other thing is with baseball right now and the weather, 
I mean, they can't start it in March. I mean, you just can't. If you do, you got to play it at least the first week in warm weather cities or domes. I mean, I think we all kind of agree with that. I know there's financial reasons why they don't do that, but you know, if, if you condense the schedule down to 154 games, and, and back in the day, you don't remember this, Jared, back in the day they used to have like Memorial Day and Fourth of July double headers. You paid one price and got in. I know they're never going to do that, but I, I, I can see Major League Baseball maybe incorporating some Saturday day-night doubleheaders to kind of speed that, that schedule awesome. up. Go, now, how do doubleheaders normally work? Is it you go to one in the morning and then you leave for a few hours, go get something to eat, then you come back for the night game? If or you want to. Back to back? In the old days, it used to be back-to-back. They'd, okay. they'd have an intermission in between, you know, maybe a half hour while the team's got some food and stuff. But nowadays, they play like a 1 o'clock game in the afternoon. And then they come back and play a game in the evening at mm-hmm. 7, and you have to pay separate admission to get in both. I'm okay with that because if you set it up for Saturdays, right, you can you can adjust to your own schedule. Maybe you want to go to D-Town for an afternoon game and then just go out to the casino or wherever you want to go for the evening. Or maybe you want to do some things around the home and then go to the night game in the summertime at, at Comerica Park. I mean, I think it's a great solution to kind of cut down on the amount of days required. I mean, yeah, I definitely think that it's something that should be addressed because – there's definitely too many games in starting in March, especially for the, the states in the north. It's, it's just not a good idea. I saw something that I think there was 22 games I think I read where the temperature at the start of the game was under 40 degrees. Good and God. there was a game in Chicago. It was the Cubs and uh, I think the Cardinals. They were playing by the end of the game with, with the wind chill. The temperature was like 25. And it's just like, that's just ridiculous. It's just unnecessary to be playing in those conditions. And, it's, I mean, it, in, in a way, it's unsafe for the players. So, you know, it, it's definitely something that should be looked at. But I definitely think doubleheaders are, are a possibility. I mean, that, that could be an easy solution. You don't have to do it all the time, like in high school. But, right. you know, a couple doubleheaders here and there would definitely save, save some time. Yeah, and they, I mean, they're making enough money. My God, you can play two baseball games in a day without – killing you you know i mean one thing you could do that i've read when they talk about double headers is i mean you've got how many how many minor league teams do do you know the majors have you could expand the major league roster by even two guys sure give major league teams you know two more pitchers or one or two more positional players so you know because people have said if you're playing double headers then your starters and your your bullpen are getting worn out well then add, just add two guys to the, the major league roster give them another pitcher give them another positional player and and that would help out there too all right. Well, I know Jared likes to get on me for flip-flopping at times, but you got to know what league the Yankees are in, young man. That's all I can say. Uh, all I can say, I you guys <laughs> raised, you guys both raised some good points. I a doubleheader that would be awesome. I would love to go to a Wouldn't Tigers game where it's a doubleheader, right? You know, mid like give me a few hours in between, go get something to eat or right. whatever, have a, have the night. Either way, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I think that would be a big thing is making it – I mean, I, I would assume they would probably raise the price a little bit, but make it so you only have to buy one ticket, kind of like with the with March Madness, with the, with the NCAA tournament. Yeah. When you buy a ticket to a, a Friday or whatever, you get that whole session. You know, you buy one ticket, you get to see all the games. They should definitely do that. That's a great alternative. I like that. Yeah, it, I, did, it, I don't know if you guys saw I, – I read something about Comerica Park that I, I didn't ever hear about. The way that the, the stadium was uh, designed and built – it was built that in the future that they could put a retractable roof on it because they didn't put um, an upper deck in the outfield and a couple other things that they didn't do because they wanted to keep it open to putting a retractable roof on Comerica Park. I wonder if I wonder if there's even serious thoughts about doing that. That would because Comer. I think we all can agree Comerica Park stinks. Yeah, 
It's not like Tiger Stadium was, that's for sure. I see. I, I disagree. I like Comerica Park. Oh, I've, I've been to quite a few baseball grief, stadiums, Matt. and Comerica is one of my favorites. I, obviously, I'm a little biased because that's my hometown team, but I like the view for when you're you know you're sitting and you see the Detroit skyline. Um, it, I don't know. I just think it's a really cool park. But when you're going in early April and it's 35 degrees and snowing, or in you know late late September, October, and it's just as cold, then, yeah, that's not very fun. Well, on top of that, in the in the July, August, it's, the you just bake. There's no roof to give you any shade at all. And you're a mile away from the game. Yeah, that's the part I don't like. That's. That. I mean, that, that's kind of true with a lot of stadiums. Depending on where you're sitting, you're going to be far away. And, in, in fact, some of the older stadiums, the way they were constructed, the, the line of sight is really just as bad. Uh, as Comerica, I remember I, I, got, I went to Fenway Park a bunch of times, and that was my biggest complaint. Like the whole, you know, Fenway Park is amazing because it's one of the most classic baseball stadiums out there, or whatever. But depending on where you're sitting, some of the seats are actually actually terrible for actually for watching the game. So, like so for that, way, it, yeah. you know, Comerica I think actually does pretty well. Well, we're stuck with it. We know that, and that's the first I heard about the uh, the possibility of adding a roof. So that'd be kind of interesting to look into that further. It, yeah, I mean, the cost of it, I feel like, yeah. is probably something that, I don't know if it'd be a city of Detroit thing or, like, just the, the Tigers thing, but I feel like that that would probably be a big hurdle to get over. You guys, you, you raised some good ideas, but it's not erasing the fact that we're watching baseball here. Yeah, true. I'm not going to... This weekend, Sunday night, I almost had a Anner. I almost had a Ted, <laughs> uh, Ted Patel, Hondo Carpenter freakout <laughs> on my dad. So I go to the bathroom. <laughs> We're watching the NBA playoffs. I go to the bathroom. Uh-huh. I return. I look to my left right as I walk through the door on the TV. Not a baseball game. Baseball tonight before Sunday night baseball. Oh, boy. I nearly lost it. <laughs> and this is this is what the kicker is. We Our sling only allows you to to watch on one screen. Oh. So I, I, I thought I was like smart. I was like, yeah, okay, I'll just go watch it on my iPad in my room. It. We had like a back and forth going. Like it kicked him out, kicked me out. Oh boy! I real he he won that battle. He's gonna win that battle ten times out of ten as the as the man of the he, house. He pays for the TV, right? I was exactly. gonna say who's paying for that sling subscription. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So that's right. I guess baseball tonight. That's what we're watching. All right. Well, we have I mean, um, one one thing I thought too about this just real quick is uh, I don't know if you guys saw the the Indians and Twins played a series in Puerto Rico. Yeah. I, I think it's really cool. I think they should be playing games, Puerto Rico, Mexico, you know, whatever, because there's a lot of Latin American players in the major leagues. You think? Um, so that could be an option, too, because it's a little warmer down there during these early months. But so they do that. It's exciting, you know, a ton of fans. It's a great spectacle, all that. But a game the other night lasted like five and a half hours. Wow. So it's that thing that we've been talking about. You're, you do these things to try and engage the fans and get people excited, but it's still a slow game. It's still a game that lasts five and a half hours. Yeah. And that's tough to watch. Yeah, you just can't do that on a regular basis. It's just going to kill the game. they got to speed it up for sure. All right, well, we'll, ta- we'll table any further baseball talk right now until maybe next time or down the road for sure because we've got a long season, boys. But I also want to remind our listeners that uh, Rivals Tap House and Grills, the spot to meet up with your friends catch your favorite sporting events on 21 big screen tvs all kinds of weekly food and drink specials including great burgers wings along with wraps i had a great wrap and last uh cra- friday night crab rangoons absolutely <laughs> delicious and onion rings yeah, i had some good boneless wings too yeah. yeah it was a great spot for us to meet after we recorded last week that's rivals tap house and grill located on the corner of shiawassee at m21 in corona well next up we have the oldest athletic supporter as a part of this podcast jack strap let's check in with him Jerry, I know a 
spring is in the air, NBA playoffs are on, gotta love it, and of course the long baseball season has started, but I got a few football comments here, and I'm going to finish up with a little bit of commentary on Dancing with the Stars. So anyway, speaking of stars, apparently Brett Favre thankfully performed poorly in his audition for Monday Night Football broadcasting job vacated by Raider coach John Gruden. I can't help but smile thinking back to the days of Howard Cosell. Sure, he was a lightning rod and he was not a former jock, and I for one miss him dearly. I used to love Howard Cosell. Sure, he was annoying at times, but he made the game an event, and no one delivers highlights like Howard. Can you imagine him on SportsCenter? Anyway, Howard used to complain about what he called jockocracy, where the trend in broadcasting booth was to fill the position with former NFL players, specifically quarterbacks like Favre. He thought, let's leave this to the real professionals, and no one can argue that that guy was a wordsmith, that's for sure. But anyway, so here's my picks of who I'd like to see in the booth, uh, since we can't obviously have Howard Cosell anymore. But anyway, I say let's bring John Madden out of retirement. I'd love to have him in the booth. And my next pick is Bernie Sanders. Come on, that'd be awesome having good old Bernie in there breaking down the game-winning touchdown or the Kaepernick scandal. Bernie, Bernie, Bernie. Yes, America, I voted for Donald Trump. But if he's not able to make America great again, go ahead and fill in your punchline there, folks. Let's put him in the broadcast booth. Twitter would be on fire. Let's face it, Donald Trump would have made a better Monday night broadcaster than, uh, well, I'm not going to say president yet, but uh, let's wait on that one, okay? But anyway, Matt Lauer. Now, come on, let's bring him back. They can get him on the cheap. And come on, America loves a good comeback story, and me too. Jackie told me last week that she would like me to cuddle up on the couch with her and watch the ABC series Dancing with the Stars. And, of course, who am I to be opposed to cuddling up with Jackie? Never! But I might this time. Who knows? Anyway, uh, I know, Jerry, you think that I need Viagra to enhance my marriage. All it takes to uh, have a little uh, love with your wife is spend a little time with her once in a while. I'll watch a couple episodes and she's going to be smooching all over me. But anyway, back to the actual topic. Uh, I looked at the lineup and who do I see listed as the first dancer? Daryl Strawberry's former first, third, and seventh inning girlfriend, Tanya Harding. Ah, I need my blood pressure medicine. Are you kidding me? I'm going to sit and watch this thing with Jackie and I get to see Tanya Harding? Oh my goodness. Next she'll be dancing with uh, John and Lorena Bobbitt or we'll get... Uh, Joey Botafuco out there dancing. He's a sicko. Anyway, then we got five foot six Lindsey Arnold dancing with seven foot two Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Hey, I've got some advice for the diminutive Lindsey Arnold. You better not slow dance with Kareem, Lindsey, because at seven foot two, your new partner name might be Mr. Johnson. All right, guys, speaking of Johnson, Jance, uh, Jackie's handing me a glass of water along with my Viagra so I've got some chores to do. Take care, guys.
Well, you know, he had some pretty good takes on Monday Night Football. I, I didn't see Bernie Sanders and, and Matt Lauer coming out of there, but uh, he was kind of dogging on quarterbacks, and Brett Favre apparently failed his uh, audition for Monday Night Football. But, you know, another quarterback that I think is going to get the job now that Peyton Manning seems to be out of the picture is Kurt Warner. What do you guys think? I know Kurt Warner's done TV before, and I have seen his name thrown around. So, so he's got the experience. I think he has a good shot. And and he comes across well in the games I've heard him comment on too. And also Dancing with the Stars. Uh, I don't know Tanya Harding, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar about blew my mind when I heard he was going to be a part of it. Is he going to blow a knee out or a hip or what? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Is he going to be able to do it? I I heard this. Did Daryl Strawberry date Tanya Harding? No. He said that. What was that? Was that, is that a joke that just went completely I, over my head? Or? Uh, nah, I think he just was a little off fact on that oh, one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. But, you know, that's that was what Jack had today. But I know, Jared, you want to talk about a little college yeah, football so news, I, right? Jim Harbaugh, the thing I love about him, the thing that everyone loves about him, he, he's going to be in the news, good or bad, all the time. Uh, the news this week was definitely pretty crazy. For those who don't know, uh, the guy's name is Need Nobody But God on Twitter. Honestly, <laughs> I'm not sure, like, Elise or something. I'm not, I'm not sure how you pronounce his name, <laughs> his real name. But he just went on it. He's a former Michigan uh linebacker he wasn't on roster this year but he just went on a twitter uh, sabbatical just going after jim harbaugh i just wanted to read a few of these uh, some of my personal favorites <laughs> so he so he starts off the chain with let's not have a murder case on your hands period dead and alive don't know what that part means also important note there's a lot of lingo here that i honestly don't understand i can't imagine how uh ted would feel like hearing some of these tweets but so he says uh this is probably gonna get bleeped out but not for one sec I'm not the bad guy here. Lie, I can prove everything. It's time to say sorry, don't you think? Michigan is open carry. Let's not forget. So at this point, that's going to get him right there. On? That he, one, I mean, you can't you can't post stuff like that and not get the feds involved. I mean, that's you know we've seen too much of this out there in this country right now. I mean, the guy is off his rocker, and you gotta you gotta pay real close attention to that guy. I think. I read some stuff about it too because obviously it, it kind of grabs your attention when you see this stuff. Um, it, he he got dismissed from the team. I didn't really say why, but probably just I don't know if there were academic reasons or what. But said he he's been going through a family crisis. Not sure what that is, but clearly something going on with this kid. So hopefully, hopefully they figure it out and get this kid some help because that, that's not a good situation. Yeah, I wanted to just throw that in there as the seasoned veteran here. I mean, you, what do you think, Jared, about kind of statements like that? Don't you have to take that real it's, serious? You got to wonder what exactly. What made me kind of, you know, side with him a little bit here, did you see, like, the last tweet he said, Jim Harbaugh had his, like, personal assistant uh, message him that he was not going to be on scholarship this year. A text messaged him. Well, you're going off something you're reading on Twitter now, keep in mind. Did True. You do, did you do a fact check on that? I mean, what on I mean, I'm, that's just, true. I'm just serious. No, I get what you're saying. I did not. Okay. I just, I can't, can't get for that's truth. part of the problem. Right there, yeah, with social that, media, that, that is part of the problem. That's part, of, again, I hate to go on a political rant a little bit here, but we, we all read the news about Facebook and how they had an involvement in this election. That is exactly the crap. you got to check the facts. Right, because, I mean, that's what I saw a lot, too, with this story, was people just reading a couple headlines and either, like the headline Jared's talking about, and there were people tweeting out that uh, the kid was dismissed from the team because he, he left the team to attend to his family matters. So they were saying, how can Harbaugh kick a kid off a team because he's going to help his family? Well, that's you just reading the headline and not knowing the, the, the real reasons of why he was kicked off the team, which I don't know. I mean, that, I don't think those reasons have been uh, reported. But, but like you said, it, it's people jumping on headlines and just 
going off without actually knowing the whole story. And again, I don't know facts either, but I, I, I can tell you a gut feel I would have is if you're, if you're going to di- dismiss a guy off the team, geez, I would think most Division One coaches would do it face-to-face. Am I naive thinking that? I mean, who, who knows the situation? I mean, he may not have been in Ann Arbor. You know, I don't know if he Possibly. if he really did leave town to to help his family out or you know whatever. Maybe he wasn't in town. Right. Uh, maybe he left school altogether. You know, I I don't know the whole situation because I don't think any of that's been reported. So. Right. It's a weird. It's definitely a weird thing, and I'm the police got involved. So hopefully they're getting it figured out. Yeah, I my favorite, just my personal favorite out, <laughs> out of the whole tweet chain. They sent someone to my crib before. I was nice enough to call the cops. Next time I'm calling the morgue. I'm talking with facts. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I mean those are just those are blatant threats. Yeah, literally. That's just that's just something you can't do. That's so, what... I mean he. I don't know if he's going to end up getting arrested or what, but. But yeah, pretty crazy though. He'll either get arrested or committed, one of the two. I think. Something. Yeah. So your gut, you're saying your gut feeling was that Jim Harbaugh did not have that text sent through. Yeah, my gut feeling is I would, I would probably doubt that. I'm not. It, it's really nicely worded. Yeah. That, that fooled me. I will say that. The actual text. Yeah. What's the text say? Uh, you got that there. Well, we are. This computer is currently frozen, so <laughs> I, I can't pull it up. But. Well, anyway. You know, while we're talking about Michigan, does it seem guys like Shea Patterson's finally gonna get cleared? What's what's your gut feel on that? I mean, my my gut feeling is he is because the things that I've read is you know we talked about before that Ole Miss objected to his transfer. So after that, I don't know if you guys saw, but Shea Patterson wrote basically like an open letter to Michigan and to the NCAA, basically laying everything out on the line, telling. Everything that he knows, everything that he was told when he was being recruited by Hugh Freeze, everything that he was told by Ole Miss, everything. He basically laid it all out on the line. And, I mean, the case is there that he was lied to, basically, and there's no reason that that he shouldn't be granted his eligibility because he, he was lied to by a coach and told that the, the sanctions that were going to come down on Ole Miss weren't as bad as they actually were. So I, I just don't get why the NCAA is taking so long because – like we talked about before, whatever facts or whatever things are going to come out, they're already everything's already out there. So I don't know what they're waiting on. Matt, do you know did did he commit uh, before Hugh Freeze got let go? Was he there for a season or no? Uh, to Ole Miss. Yeah, well, I think Freeze recruited him, didn't he? Yeah, no, Freeze recruited him. Freeze has been there for a few years. So so yeah, that's no. No, that's what no. they said is that uh, Hugh Freeze was telling him that. The sanctions that, that the investigation that Ole Miss that was happening at Ole Miss, it was for stuff. He, Hugh Freeze was telling Patterson this that it was stuff that happened before Hugh Freeze went there when it was Houston Nut, and that just I mean now that we know Hugh Freeze uh, got got fired and you know yeah. suspended and all that stuff, we know that's just not true. What? So so that's Patterson's case and the other players who transferred from Ole Miss is that Hugh Freeze the whole time that they, he was recruiting these kids. He was lying to them about everything that was going on because he knew he was getting uh, investigated for things that he did wrong, and he was telling the kids otherwise. So, so yeah, I mean, it's a shady. It's just, it's just one of those things that just makes makes you think about how how dirty college sports are and just how crazy it is that Hugh Freeze and these coaches are getting paid millions and millions of dollars, and this kid who went to a school trusting this coach now wants to go back to a school and and go somewhere where he can actually play and, you know, get an education and all that kind of stuff, and the NCAA is not letting him, basically. Matt, I, the, like, this is what I kind of meant. Like, is when, okay, so when Shea Patterson was his first year there, is that the year that Hugh Freeze got uh, fired or no? 
the investigation started, you know, what's going on when Shea Patterson was getting recruited. And that's what Hugh Freeze was telling all the kids that he was recruiting that this has nothing to do with me. This all happened before I was here. So if something happens to Ole Miss, I'm not going to be affected, is what Hugh Freeze was telling them, which now we know that wasn't true because they found a ton of stuff, all that stuff with Hugh Freeze, and he got suspended and then fired and everything like that. So it's basically a coach lying to kids, saying that, okay, we're getting investigated by the NCAA, but it's nothing to do with me. And now we know that that it was a lot to do with uh, Hugh Freeze. How, so, how many how many years of eligibility will Patterson have if he can play this year too? No, he was only a freshman, so oh, I mean wow. he he still has three years of eligibility. But he, uh, I mean, he's that kind of talent that people are saying that he, even because he played one year at Ole Miss. So if he plays one more year, he might leave early for Michigan. So, yeah. so yeah, we'll see. Maybe I'm biased. But if your coach gets fired, the guy—the only reason you went to that school—if he gets fired midseason, you should be able to transfer without uh, penalty. A lot, a lot of people agree with that. Yeah, without a doubt. I don't I mean, know how. It seems like common sense. I, I don't know the reasoning behind uh, holding back a kid from transferring. Yeah, when the when the coach that recruits you gets fired, because technically, if if a school wanted to hire Hugh Freeze, and Alabama actually was talking about hiring Hugh Freeze. He could go get a job somewhere else and be making a ton of money, but you're going to tell Shea Patterson that he has to wait a season uh, to play? It's not fair, that's for sure. No, it's not fair at all. One final question for you, Matt. Keep it in the SEC. I've been hearing a lot of rumblings about Jalen Hurts now maybe wanting to get out of Alabama if he doesn't be, be named starter. What do you think of that? I mean, it's pretty crazy because the kid's only lost two games in his whole career. Um as a starter at Alabama, so it's pretty crazy, and he's won a couple national championships and all that kind of stuff. I mean, Tua, Tua came in in the national championship this year and 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 played a lot, but but Jalen Hurts, he was, I mean, he was the SEC like freshman player of the year and all this kind of stuff. So it's pretty crazy. But if you have a kid that wins the job over you, uh, you can't fault that kid who wins the job over him. So no. um, it's one of those things. Like, do you? Would you fault the kid for saying, "Hey, I want to go somewhere and play, so I'm going to transfer," or should he see it as, you know, like a competitive thing and say, "No, I'm going to try and win this job back now"? Can go both ways. It, it reminds me of a little, little lower because it didn't win as many games. But when Tate Forcier had the job at Michigan, and then Legend. Denard Robinson won the job from him, and then we basically never heard from Tate Forcier again. Right, and I think in that case, if if he is sour grapes and can't win the job. Then I I think it's fair then if you have to sit a season if you transfer somewhere else. Yeah, if you're transferring for those reasons, I, I can see that. But yeah, like like Jared said, if if the coach who recruited you gets fired, especially for NCAA sanctions like Hugh Freeze, then there's no reason that that you shouldn't be able to play right away. All right. Well, we're going to talk some NFL draft here in a second, but just want to tell you a little bit about the Corona Connection. That's a direct mail paper sent to all of Corona, Vernon, and Shiawassee County parts of Lennon. You can also pick up a copy of the latest edition at many Corona businesses and Kroger. Like them on Facebook, and you can view the entire Corona Connection paper online every month, both on Facebook and at coronaconnection.com. Well, NFL Draft's coming up, boys. What do you think? I mean, it's exciting. I don't, I don't know if what you guys think of the actual NFL draft, but it's just crazy to think how much it's been blown up. Like now, you know, ESPN releasing Mel Kuyper draft 3.0, Todd McShay draft 3.0, mock draft 3.0 and all that. It's just it's funny how, how much it's been blown up. But, I mean, it's a big deal because this is, I mean, these are draft picks. These are players that could, you know, change a franchise or, or turn your season around. So 
So it's it's fun to watch, and it, it's always one of those things like when when your team makes a couple draft picks, it's fun to like throw you know throw lineups around and, and get excited about you know what could be. But I don't know. I just with with the Lions' recent uh, draft picks being a lot of busts as Lions fans, it's kind of hard to get too excited about the draft. Yeah, they'll probably draft a tight end number one again. That'd be the Lions' luck, what, right? What would you uh, if you were the manager? What position are you going for first round? Oh, it's it's a tough one this year for the Lions, but I they they have to do something in that running back position. It's just a shame they don't have a lot of uh, a lot of flexibility. I think they only got six draft picks this year. E- even now, you say that even with the addition of like Legarrette Blunt, who they signed. Yeah, I, do you do you think he's going to be their go-to guy and can be a franchise player? Isn't he getting up there in age? And I think he'd be a solid you know one-two guy. But that's what I th- I think. Give him yeah, give him a one-two. Maybe wait off on a running back. Take one. Take running back in the second round. Take two running backs, second and third round. So where's their where's their biggest weakness? I mean, I look at it as running back, but where where would you draft? I agree, running backs, but I mean, I think they got a small fix with Garrett Blunt. Right. Offensive line always could use some work. That's like pretty much for any NFL team. I mean, they I, lost they lost Noda, so I mean, they need some some help in the middle of that defensive mm-hmm. line too. I, I don't know. Like like I said, if they had a few more draft choices, they could dangle out there. Somebody's going to get a special running back. I really, truly believe in Saquon Barkley. I mean, he's the real deal, in my opinion. Yeah, Barkley, he looks like the real deal. Uh, McShay said that he's he's the highest draft grade for a running back since Adrian Peterson. So, I mean, that's that's pretty good praise. Pretty high praise. Because Adrian Peterson was pretty good, obviously. But, yeah, I, I think, you know, like you guys said, LeGarrette Blount, he's kind of like a stopgap. I think he's the type of running back that will be around maybe for a year or two. You know, it, it kind of stinks that Amir Abdullah, he hasn't really shown that he's going to be like an every down back. So I, I definitely think running back is where the Lions could go. But also, like you guys said, offensive line and defensive line are two big needs for the Lions. So uh, I don't know. It's always one of those things. Maybe you just see how, it, how the draft plays out and see who's available, and you just take the best, best available player. I hear lately that the New York Jets are zeroing in on Baker Mayfield. Uh, what What are your guys' gut feel? Is he going to be the real deal, or is he going to be the Johnny Manziel? I mean, he seems like obviously he has a lot of things similar with Manziel, the way he plays and all the antics on the field and the, the trouble with the police and everything. But at watching him play, I but I said the same thing about Manziel. I did think Manziel would be a, a solid NFL quarterback, not a pro bowler or anything like that. But I, it just seems like Baker Mayfield can play. It seems like he has that, you know, Jagger or Jared likes to use the word swagger, swagger a lot. It seems like Baker Mayfield has swagger to play in the NFL, and he's got the arm strength and all that. So I, it just seems like quarterback so much is such a – it depends on the fit and the, the skill players that they have and the coaching staff and all that because a lot of these guys coming in are, are talented, but they get thrown onto a terrible team with a bad offensive line, terrible coaching, and stuff like that. So sometimes kids are just thrown into – Bad situations. Couple of things. First off, it's not swagger. That's like the that's like the 2003 term. <laughs> that it's it's swag now, Matt. Oh, I don't swag. Know you, yeah, okay. swag. So you've you've used you've said swagger a couple times. <laughs> I'll have to check the tapes. But you for, you guys are saying Johnny Manziel. Hold your tongue. Okay. It's hashtag comeback season for Johnny Manziel. That's right. I forgot about He's that. Playing in that spring league. Yeah, but no, I th- I think Baker Mayfield's gonna have. And I just feel like it's kind of the same exact thing where I just enjoyed watching him so much in college, just like Johnny Manziel. But I really do think he's going to have a solid career. Yeah. And do you think like a team like the Jets would be a good fit? Because, you know, you think back to Broadway Joe Namath. I've seen some of the comparisons. Will he really soak up the atmosphere in New York? You know what I mean? He was a baller, without a doubt. 
<laughs> the the fur coat, and, uh, but I don't. The Jets, I don't think they're a good fit for anyone. That uh, franchise is a train wreck. Yeah, it's a train wreck, and it, I mean, it's a lot like to me. I mean, they're not as bad as the Cleveland Cleveland Browns, but they're kind of almost up to that level. And it's one of those things like they're you know the the Browns have two picks in the top four. Like that, that's just crazy to think they have two picks in the top four of the draft, and they're actually talking about. They're throwing around drafting Saquon Barkley, obviously, but they're saying that with those four picks or those two picks, they might take two quarterbacks and either trade one or let them have a quarterback competition in the off season. It's just That'd if I was insane. a quarterback or really any player, and the Cleveland Browns called to say they were going to draft me, I don't know if I would pick up the phone. Yeah, that's, see, I, I'm looking at it this way. I think the Browns are just about ready to make a move. I really do. I think I think they're going to take uh, Barkley number one, and they're going to get a decent quarterback with that fourth pick, and then they've got some, some pieces in place. I mean, I watched them play a couple of games last year. They, were, they weren't that far away from being a solid competitive team, really. What's funny, as someone who's watched Jabril Peppers my, like, through his whole college career, they got him – like he is by no means a coverage corner. He right. had one interception oh. in his entire college career. They have him playing like free safety, twenty yards off the ball. Right. Hopefully, the new coaching staff will change that. Where where do you want to play him? You don't play him at just, corner, do no, you? No, just play him like as a like a monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that what you call? That's it what we used to call okay. it in the yeah, college. Yeah, play him at that position. That's that, what, I always thought he'd be like a Troy Polamalu type of guy. Yeah, like, yeah, he'd play a little safety, but he'd be coming up and supporting the run, maybe playing a little bump and run coverage. But yeah, the Browns, they definitely didn't know what to do with him. So, I mean, it's just, you know, the guys always say the right things before the draft. Like Barkley, he said that he would love to be drafted by the Cleveland Browns. Even Jabril Peppers was saying that when he got drafted. And it's just like, you got to know in the back of their minds, they're like, oh my God, I got to go play, play for the Browns. They've won one game in two years. Like, that would be awful. Now, Matt, if you're if you're the Browns, I don't hate their that strategy of um, drafting two quarterbacks at the top. I mean, you take your chances. One of these, I mean, the odds are in your favor. One of these guys is going to be if you can get a franchise quarterback, this program gets or this franchise gets turned around just like that. That would be a bold I don't hate move. That I'll move. say that it's bold. I'll say that much. I've never heard of such a thing, but okay, I'm listening. I don't hate that move. I, you take I don't your chances. hate it either because, like you said, someone's going to win the job. You know, one of those guys is going to really click in the preseason, and you know what you have? You have some great trade bait also yeah, because good, you know what always call. happens in the NFL: someone gets hurt, there's big injuries and stuff like that, and you're going to have a kid that was a top four pick at quarterback. You know, waiting to be traded, you can just turn that around into more draft picks or something else. So it would it'd be crazy for sure. I'll give you young bucks that take there. That's pretty interesting. It did pique my interest a little bit. I don't know if you guys saw that uh, the the NFL schedule. It, it's being released and it's been leaking and stuff today. You guys talked about the Jets. The Lions are opening with the Jets on Monday Night Football in Week One. <laughs> Who's going to announce? Why did they schedule? That's a terrible schedule. In, in Detroit. In Detroit, huh? That'd be fun. If I'm not a Tigers or if I'm not a Lions fan, that seems like a horrible game. Yeah, yeah. The, the Lions have in the first three weeks of the season two primetime games because in Week Three. They play the Patriots in Detroit on Sunday Night Football. Oh wow, 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 wow! Matt, do you have any idea off the top of your head who the two, uh, like the Thursday night game is opening up next year? Uh, I didn't see that. I, I was just trying to keep up on the Lions. Yeah. I saw that the Bears got scheduled for Thanksgiving, so that's a, that's a pretty cool nice. Thanksgiving game. Yeah. But Old I, I just couldn't believe. And I mean, the Lions—they just have. They have, seem like they always lose on Sunday night football. So, like, awesome, a Sunday night game, and it's against the Patriots. Yikes. Just go ahead and chalk that up as a loss. Yeah. 
Yeah, I can't wait to see the official schedule and then break it down to see where they'll end up. All right, guys, good stuff as always. That's it for now. And again, to our listeners, share this pod with all your friends. I can't believe how much uh, listens we're getting. And and we'd we'd love to hear some feedback from you. Send us an email at threepointpod at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at Z92.5SportsGuy. Matt, you're at? BurnZ381. And I am at Jared Fattel. And Jack Straps at Jack Strap. 88. Again, I want to thank our sponsors, Rivals Tap House and Grill, the Corona Connection, and Z92.5, the Castle. And as always, this has been a Sportsnet Michigan production. Until next time, thanks for listening to Three Point Podcast.